Welcome to New Life with Adam Camp. This podcast is a ministry of Rosemont Baptist Church in LaGrange, Georgia. Please visit us on the web at rosemontchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Let me pray for us. Father, we just... Thank you for the gift of worship, for the gift of a body of believers that love one another and uh, desire to come together to sing praises to your name. We thank you for the gift of uh, the word of God written in our language that we can read and understand and apply to our lives. We thank you for the gift of the Sabbath, the day of rest, Lord, when we can enjoy time with our families and spend time worshiping you. And so, Father, I pray right now that as as all those things kind of converge, our worship, Lord, and the scripture and a day of rest, I pray that you'd be honored. Lord, I pray you'd speak through me. Lord, I pray you'd hide me behind your word. I pray the Spirit would just speak to the hearts of of our people, Lord, and, and cause us to see new truth and new light, Lord, and and a better understanding of who you are and who we should be. Father, I pray you would just strengthen and encourage us to do the things you've called us to do. Father, we're going to praise your name and everything that happens today. Father, through the power of the Spirit, I pray we would understand your truth, Lord, that we would apply it to our lives and be transformed more into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Happy New Year. It's good to be back. Thank you so much for all of the prayers and the questions this morning. My family had the incredible privilege of spending most of the month of December in Zambia, Africa at New Day Orphanage. Many of you have been there. Some of you are praying about going. Some will go back next summer. We stayed through Christmas and and, um, have an entirely different perspective of Christmas. Very different. Very different there than what we do and what we celebrate and and, uh, had the chance to spend it with those orphans and and the widows and the the children of the bush. But I can report to you that New Day Orphanage is strong. They have a great vision for the future. They're growing. Keep them in prayer. Blue and Darby, of course, send their greetings along with all the others. Wes and Laurie are not there. They'll be back here in just a few weeks, actually a few days now, and and all the teachers and, and the students there. And I just want you to be in prayer for that place and for those people and, and continue just to think about your call and missions and how God may use you. And I'm going to tell you some stories this morning over the next few weeks, but um, thank you for the opportunity to go. It was incredible for our family. And I would just, just on a personal note, uh, if you ever have the chance to do missions with your family, you should do it, period. Shouldn't question it, shouldn't wonder, shouldn't be concerned about safety and finances and all the 10 million things you could be worried about. There is no better experience. That's my two cents. So you pray about it, maybe the Lord will lead you to do that as well, okay? Take your Bibles open to Colossians chapter 3. I'm excited to be back preaching the Word this morning. I had the opportunity to preach a couple times when I was gone, and it's very different preaching with the translator. Very different preaching where you have to say a couple of words and stop and say a couple more words. And so I'm excited to preach in in English to people that can understand English. And I want to think this morning, as it's the first day of the new year, about the new year. 
Because this is the time for new beginnings, this is a time for renewals, this is a time where we sometimes set these New Year's resolutions, and we kind of have this interesting capacity as humans, when New Year's roll around, we want to kind of have new beginnings, don't we? And so we kind of decide in our hearts, many of you maybe have already decided, or maybe you're thinking about some things you want to do differently in 2017 than you did in 2016. Maybe it's some sort of a physical goal you've said. Maybe it's a spiritual goal. Maybe it's something at work. Maybe it's something in a relationship. But there's something probably in 2017 that you want to do differently than you did in 2016. One writer kind of explained it like this. I think he hit the nail on the head because he talked about resolutions and, and the difficulty of keeping resolutions. He said, our inclination is usually a set of resolutions. Aimed at working harder for whatever it is we want to fix or our self-perceived flaws. There's nothing wrong with making resolutions. However, they often aim high without first cultivating the change of heart necessary to prepare space for these new possibilities to take root. I thought that was interesting. I like that phrase, kind of cultivating a change of heart. Because if you, if you make all these resolutions and want to make all these changes and do all these things differently than you did next year, but you don't really change anything about who you are, chances are in a few weeks you're going to be frustrated and the New Year's resolutions are kind of going to go by the side. And so I thought, you know, let, let's talk this morning some about the new year. And let's talk some about making changes, but instead of thinking about New Year's resolutions, I want to look at some biblical truth that I think should help us in our decisions and should guide us in all the things we do in 2017. So instead of making some resolutions, let's take some practical biblical steps and some biblical truth and some biblical understanding that we can apply to every decision we make. And so we're going to kind of talk about a a template or a model or maybe a pattern for the new year. As you make decisions and try to live your life for Christ, I want to give you some truth out of Colossians chapter 3 that will help you, I believe, in your walk, deepen your faith in Christ, and do the things he's called you to do. And so we're going to begin this morning in Colossians chapter 3. We're going to look at 17 verses So that's a lot. We're going to break it into kind of some bite-sized chunks, a few verses at a time, and then draw some truth from these passages that I believe you can apply to your life. So Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. If you have your scriptures, you can read along. We have it on the screens as well. Since then, this is Paul speaking, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, right? So there's a real foundation. If you're taking notes or you like to underline things in your scripture, that's a good place to start because we've been raised in Christ. We should have a different outlook, right? You're You're a new creation. You're a new creature because you've been raised in Christ. And now Paul's gonna follow up there in verse two. So set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways. 
and the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Now let's stop there for a minute, let's kind of pull a truth and let's build on that for the next few minutes. Here's truth number one. As we think about the new year and we think about a new creature and we think about all God has called us to do and who Christ has called us to be in 2017, here's the first truth I want you to remember in all the decisions you make. Number one, we are a new creation in Christ with a renewed outlook on life. If you are a believer in Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you you are a new creation. You're a new creature in Christ. That should give you a renewed outlook on life. Okay, far, far too many believers have the same outlook they used to have. Did you know that? Far too many believers get caught up in the, in the day-to-day and the mundane and the sin of the world. And they allow those things to drag us down. And they forget that they're new creatures. You've been raised with Christ. And because you've been raised with Christ, all the things of the former life that you used to deal with are passed by now. Paul kind of does this interesting thing in these first few verses. He does this a lot in his writings, but it's real clear here in in chapter 3. He does this comparison. He really contrasts the old versus the new and the here versus the hereafter. So Paul says, as a believer, there's kind of an old version of you, and there's a new version of you, and as a believer, you kind of live in the here and now, but you need to have your eyes on the hereafter. And so I want to just kind of, I want to walk through that with you. I want you to see that just for a couple minutes. Look at verse 1 again. I want to point this out. It's very clear if you look at it in the scripture. Again, foundationally in verse 1, if you pull that back up, since then you've been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above. You see that? So you're different now. You've been raised. The old is gone. The new is here. Set your sights on the new things, on the things above. Verse 2, he says it again. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Verse 3, for you died and your life is now hidden. Verse 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Verse 7, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. Verse 8, now you must rid also yourselves of these things. You see the distinction? Paul wants you to understand because we get, we get mired in this. We get, we get bogged down in this and we kind of get sucked back into the world and into sin and into despair and we feel like we're just kind of running our tires in the mud. Paul wants us to hear very clearly as you start this new year, you are a new creature in Christ. You don't have to worry about the things of the past. You can put those aside. Through the power of Christ working in you, you have been raised with Christ to experience new life. You're, you're new. You don't have to worry about the things of this world. They shouldn't bog you down anymore. You should take your eyes off of the, the temporal and the temporary, and you should look to the eternal. You got bigger things to worry about now. I, I love college football, and it's a time of year where obviously bowls are going on, and the college football playoffs started last night, and so it's an exciting time for college football. A lot of big games tomorrow. But the trend this year, I don't know if you've followed it or not, you guys that are college football fans or you ladies, is that these guys that are declaring early for the draft, have you seen this? They've chosen a lot of them not to play in their bowl games. Did you see that? Have, how, many, how many of y'all have seen that? Y'all follow that story, a few of you? If you haven't followed it, here's what's going on. There are these really good uh, juniors in college, 
and they're really good, and so they decide, you know what, I'm going to forego my senior year, and I'm going to go to the NFL draft, because I can make a lot of money, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to skip my senior year and go to the pros. That happens. It's not uncommon. But this year, this is the first year I've really remembered this happening. Maybe it's happened in the past, and I haven't noticed it, but a lot of these guys who've declared for the draft now have said, you know what, now that I'm declaring for the draft, this bowl game that my team is about to play in, even though I've been playing for three years with these guys, I've been working with these coaches, they recruited me some of them for six and eight years, I've worked out every day, this has been my family, even though all this has happened, I'm not going to play in the bowl game. And we say, well, why, why would you do that, you know? Maybe that rubs you the wrong way. And you, why wouldn't you play your team? And, and it's, there, there are probably two sides of the argument. But I get what they're saying. Here's what they're saying. Listen, the old is gone and the new is here. Right? I mean, I had a great experience in college. I did great things for three years. I loved my coaches and my teammates. But the old is gone. So I've got now a new perspective. I can't worry about the old anymore. I've got bigger and better things to do. We have to do that as Christians. We can't worry about the old and the sin and the things that held us back. We've got to say to the Lord, listen, I've been saved. I've been raised with Christ. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creature. I have to have a renewed outlook on life. I need to begin 2017 by reminding myself that Christ has saved me, called me to greater things. I've got to put the past behind me and look to the heavens. Why? Because Christ has got a big plan for you. He wants to do great things through your life. So Paul says, listen, because you're new, because you need to kind of put these things beside you and put them behind you, here's a list. And I have the interesting list. Look at verse 5. He says, because you've done these things and you're a new creation and you're a new creature in, in Christ, put to death. That's a, that's a pretty harsh term. Not just kind of ignore them for a little while or sweep them under the rug. Put them to death the things that belong to your earthly nature. Then he gives you this list. This is interesting. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is a form of idolatry. Five things. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. The big five, right? Because if we were to talk about the sin of our world right now, I bet the majority of them would fall into that category, wouldn't it? I mean, you want to talk about sexual immorality, you want to talk about lust, evil desires, greed? I mean, really, all the major sins that we see and deal with oftentimes fall into those categories. And I started thinking about there, there are five of them and kind of the big five. You know, if you go to Africa and you talk about the big five, there are five animals in Africa that are called the big five. The lion, elephant, cape buffalo, leopard, rhinoceros. They call them the big five because they're the most difficult animals in Africa to hunt. You know why they're most difficult? Because they will kill you. Literally. You go hunt a lion, if you don't do the right thing, he's going to kill you. An elephant can kill you. We had the opportunity when we were finishing up as, as the teams that go to Zambia have the, the, just the really neat privilege of doing the last day. We get to do a safari before we fly out. And so we're, we're, it's just as you would think. You get in the back of a Jeep. You ride out into the wilderness. There are no fences. There are no uh, safety rangers. Nobody's feeding the animals. These things are in the wild. So when the lions, you see, like we saw some lions uh, laying up under the bush. When they get hungry, they just get up and they go kill something needed. That's the world they live in. So we're driving through. We saw hundreds of elephants. It was just an incredible thing to see all those elephants and we're driving through the bush and we kind of come around this corner and probably from here to that back wall is a big old male African elephant and he's standing in the road 
And as soon as our driver saw him, he slams on his brakes. And he said, that's a big male. And he's aggressive. And you could see most elephants, you know, you see them, they're just kind of, they're real docile. And they, we actually saw a group of elephants asleep. That was pretty interesting. They let their babies lay down and they circle the wagons, literally facing out from the babies. And then they just go to sleep. I mean, that's how they protect them. I guess they're okay. Nobody's going to penetrate that defense. And so, you know, they're standing there asleep, kind of swaying back and forth. But this elephant, man, he was alert, eyes up, his head was up, and he was, he was he's moving. And the, the driver knew exactly what was going on. And as soon as he saw him, he, he, he started to turn around. He started revving his engine to make a lot of noise to try to scare the elephant. And the elephant backed up a couple of times, and we, we hightailed it out of there. And he said, that thing was getting ready to charge. And we're like, well, that's pretty cool, I guess. I mean, you almost got killed by an African elephant in the bush. That would have been a neat story to come home to, right? They call them the big five because they're deadly. Let me just paint a picture for you, church. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, those are the big five of sins. They are deadly you don't think sexual immorality is deadly? Ask the person that's been down that road. You don't think greed is deadly? Ask the person that's lost everything because of it. You don't think evil desires are deadly? Just look around you. Paul says you need to, you need to put these things to death. Why? Because Christ has made us a new creature. We're a new creation. He's got bigger and better things for us to do than to be mired in the sin of the world. You need to have a new outlook this year. Now, verse 9, let's continue. He's talked about our attitudes. He's talked about our actions. He's given us all these sins. Now he's going to move from kind of the attitude and the actions we deal with to how we relate to others, right? He's kind of walking through this progression. So look at what he says in verse 9. He's talking now about our relationships with others. You want to think about how you should live in 2017? Begin in verse 9. Don't lie to each other. Since, again, here's the connection, since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Verse 11. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, uh, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. By the way, verse 11 is interesting. We're all the same. Nationality, race, background, there's no difference. Verse 12, in, in the Lord's eyes. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with, here's a list, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Here's truth number two. Not only do we have to have this renewed outlook on life and a renewed attitude because we're new creations, truth too, we must have a renewed love for others. You want to have a good 2017? Renew your love for other people. Paul really focuses in these first few verses here of uh, 9, 10, 11, and 13, and 14 of this idea of the way we treat others. You ever taken a step back and, and really assessed how you treat other people? You ever thought about that? I mean, it's very easy for us to kind of get into this mode of we've got to kind of accomplish this and we're going here and this is our goal. It's good to have those things and we need to do those things. But have you ever kind of assessed the, the carnage in the way of getting to that goal? Have you, have you ever thought about how people feel when you treat them the way you treat them? 
And so Paul gives us this real clear kind of outline. He kind of thinks through this with a don't lie to people. Verse 9, put on your new self. Verse 11, we're all the same anyway, right? There's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no circumcised or uncircumcised, there's no slave or free, but in Christ we're all the same. So verse 13, bear with each other, forgive one another. Verse 14, put on love which binds us all together. Paul kind of lays out this picture for us of how we ought to love one another, how we ought to treat one another, how we ought to be kind and compassionate and humble to those around us. Why? Because that's the way Christ loves us. That's the way Christ treats us. And so if we want to honor him and we want to love him and we want to display his goodness and his glory, we should treat other people the same way. And so Paul gives us this list. And I I thought it would be worth our time just for a couple minutes just to walk through these individually, just to make sure we're kind of on the same page and, and to let you think through them a little bit. And really, as you should do with all Scripture, kind of take an inventory of your life. So so Paul says, listen, you should treat people with compassion, this idea of sympathy or mercy. One of the characteristics of a true Christian is compassion on others. Christ had compassion for those around him. How's your compassion level? How's your compassion for people that are maybe not in as good of a spot as you are? How's your compassion for people maybe that you don't get along with? How's your compassion for people that don't treat you fairly? Paul says you need to have compassion. Paul says you need to have kindness. Kind of this idea of generosity or goodness, soft-heartedness, really caring about the concerns of other people. Kindness is is one of the the, the ideas, kind of the fruit of the Spirit, the the understanding that Christ is living within us and we're living our lives for his honor and glory. He says we need to be humble, have humility. This is one we struggle with, isn't it? Because it seems like everywhere we look, whether it's on TV or sports or movies or you kind of name it we don't see a lot of humility anymore do we one writer explained it like this to me to be humble means you submit yourselves to one another putting the other person before yourself when's the last time if you were honest with yourself you put somebody else higher than your own desires When's the last time you thought, you know what, I, I, I want to do this, but I'm going to do this for this person instead. Maybe we do that in our families, for our children, we should. But how about in the workplace? How about on the ball field? How about in the Sunday school class? I'm reminded of the model of Christ in Philippians chapter 2. Speaking of Christ, the Bible says, Philippians 2 verse 6 Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own (laughs) something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You know, Jesus could have come as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He could have walked into it to a royal ceremony and ruled the world. Instead, he was born in a manger as a little baby in dirty circumstances, and the shepherds were the first ones to know. He was a nobody. Why? Because he humbled himself. He saw the needs and the desires of others greater than his own. Paul says we should be meek, strength under control. 
Paul says we should be patient, long-suffering, especially when we're insulted or injured. But I want you to notice something. All these things begin to add up. Meekness and humility and patience and kindness and goodness. When you begin to do those things and you begin to live your lives with those as your characteristics, look at verse 13. Two interesting things are going to happen. Pull that up if you would. Paul says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Here's the two things that happen when we live our lives like this. First, we bear with each other. We kind of are able to tolerate one another. (laughs) It may come as news to you, but sometimes we just have to tolerate each other, don't we? You're not going to be best friends with everybody in the world. There's going to be somebody that gets on your nerves. Sometimes we just got to tolerate what other people are doing. That's the first thing. God gives us the grace to do that. Praise the Lord. But here's the second thing, maybe the most important. We're able to forgive one another. I believe maybe one of the greatest indications of spiritual maturity is the ability to forgive. Because not a lot of people can do it. Paul says, when you love others... When you're meek and you're humble and you're compassionate, you put others above yourself, you're able to forgive them and love them. And look at verse 14. Above all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in unity. You know, if you kind of got lost in the weeds the last few minutes and you compassion and kindness and humility and you're kind of confused, if you just want to kind of sum it up, if you could just look at verse 14, if you love one another, you're going to be fine. But see, some of us need to renew, bring that second point up. Some of us need to renew the way we interact with others. Some of us need to renew our love for others in 2017. Some of us have become so selfish and so self-centered and so concerned about the things that we need, we've forgotten about everybody else. Paul says, remember, you're a new creation, you're a new creature, live your life as such, put the old things behind, embrace the new, have a heavenly focus, love other people. Now let's finish this up, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. What a great, great passage. Since as members of one body you are called to peace, be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Here's truth number three. We must find peace in trusting the Lord. You want to have a good 2017? Then you renew your attitude and your love and you begin, some of you maybe for the first time, to find peace in trusting the Lord. Pull 15 up one more time. I love the way Paul says this. Let the peace of Christ, what's the word there? Rule in your hearts. Not be relegated to the moments when you're in Sunday school and everything's going well. Or don't have peace when, when the checkbook is full and you've got plenty of food in the house. Don't, don't find peace when things are going the way you want them to go. Instead, Paul says, let the peace of Christ, what, rule your hearts. Peace should be your default, not your exception in life. You should find peace in Christ. Why? Because you're a new creation. You're a new creature. He has called you to peace. One writer said it like this. If Christians could simply picture themselves in the presence of God, 
where his holiness, his might, his splendor and glory were on display, there would never be any lack of unity or peace between them. See, Paul says this. Listen, we've got the wrong perspective, Christians. We get caught up in the old self and the sin and the world and we forget that we're a new creature. We forget that we're a new creation. We forget that God's got something bigger in store for us. We need to keep our eyes on the heavenly things, the eternal perspective, not the things that mire us down here in the world. We we were flying home a few days ago. And it's interesting, those of you that have been, you know that the flight home from Johannesburg, South Africa to Atlanta is one of the longest flights in the world. 16 hours and 30 minutes in an airplane. If 16 hours and 30 minutes in a tube hurtling over the Atlantic is a long time to be in an airplane. And so you kind of, you do what you can to survive, I guess is the best way to put it. But when you, when you finally see land, because you literally, you take off at night, it's nighttime in Johannesburg. You fly through the night and you land when it's night in Atlanta. Kind of think about the way the world turns and the sun. But you fly all through the night. You don't see daylight until you land. And so you're flying over nothingness. I mean, there's nothing out over the Atlantic. You're hundreds of miles from land. You don't see any light. So when you finally see light, it's kind of like this, oh, look, there's light. You know, we kind of, we kind of flew over the, 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 Caribbean, the Caribbean and saw like a little island a thousand miles away or whatever. And we're like, there's land. And we're excited about it. So we came up and we came up the eastern coast of Florida. And I've never flown that way at night over Florida. It's really cool because we came up kind of southeast of Miami and it was pitch black so you could see lights. And it's easier to see kind of big cities and populated areas at night because of all the light. So we could see the kind of the keys and the curve of Florida, Miami. Then we fly up the east coast of Florida, which is cool. We flew by, you know, Daytona and um, Cape Canaveral and the St. Augustine area and, and Jacksonville. And you could see all of those big lights. And we were 39,000 feet, so you could see a long way. And it just kind of struck me. From 39,000 feet, Florida looked really peaceful. <laughs> it was calm and quiet and relaxed. And it was just, there was a lot of peace there. But I can assure you, somewhere on the ground in Florida that night, there was not peace. Somebody was fighting or arguing, arguing, or there was a murder or a death or a marriage situation. You name it, right? It happened in a, in a state that big. There are all kind of problems. And I just thought about this analogy. Sometimes we just get caught up in all the things of this world and we, we don't find peace. But if, man, if we could just lift ourselves up, not because of our ability, but because of who Christ is in us. If we kind of just lift ourselves up away and have an internal perspective, a heavenly perspective of this earth, all of a sudden kind of the difficult things just kind of wash away and we begin to see peace. Why? Because Christ is in control. He's called us to better things. He says, you're, you're still living in this. You, you still got to go to work tomorrow and you still got to deal with that guy or that lady or that issue. Yeah, that's all difficult. But just kind of come up out of that a little bit because you're a new creation. I've called you to bigger things. Have an eternal perspective this year and begin to understand the peace of Christ as it reigns and rules in our hearts. Christ says, Christian, I've got something really big for you. I want you to accomplish great things this year. I want you to understand you're a new creature, you're a new creation. That should affect your attitudes and your actions. It should affect the way you deal with other people. And if we allow it, it brings us to a place of worship and hope and peace unlike anything we've ever experienced before. 
I pray that for you this coming year, that the peace of Christ would rule in your hearts and he would use you to accomplish great things for his glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Again, it's compelling and it's challenging, it's convicting. It reminds us, Lord, of truth that we all know, but we've probably forgotten to live. Lord, as we start 2017 today, just remind us we are new creations, Father. We are new creatures, not because of anything we've done, but because of Christ. (coughs) Father, that should change our outlook. It should change our heartbeat. It should change our desires and our attitudes. It should change the way we love others. It should change the peace that we find in our hearts. Father, just use this year for us to focus on you, to grow in our walk. Father, may we just trust you in all things, and may you receive honor and glory in everything we do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. The altar is open. You can begin the year in prayer at the altar or where you are. You can talk to me about salvation, but this is, this is your time to respond. As the, as the Spirit speaks to you through His Word, you respond. Let's sing together. Thank you for joining today's sermon. We would love to hear how today's message blessed you. Use the Contact Us link on our website at rosemontchurch.org. God bless.